All right, welcome to Unapologetically Black Male, where we're talking about surviving the stigma, standards, and systems. Once again, my name is Dwayne Pate. I'm one half of the host, host here, Brother EJ Stewart, or in his absence. Uh, we want to just thank all of you for tuning in um, to this podcast, where we talk about just highlighting African-American men, their success stories, and how they've gotten to where they are. Uh, once again, we always want to highlight uh, Jay Pope and Associates, Continue uh, if you are any, in need of any mental health, individual couples counseling, personal counseling, make sure you reach out to Jay Pope and Associates. She's one of our, she's our sponsor. She's the one that got us kind of pushes out here to kind of get this thing started with me and EJ. So we are thankful for her. Uh, man, we have a special guest on today. Uh, my namesake is spelled a little differently. <laughs> my namesake is spelled a little differently. So I'm right now. I'm just going to turn it over uh, to Brother Dwayne. Williams Jr. Um, he's going to give us a little background about himself and then we'll kind of hop into some questions um, just to kind of, you know, share his story, share success, his success stories of how he got to where he is now. Man, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, I spell my name D-U-A-N-E. That's the legit way. The D-W <laughs> people. <laughs> the D-W people. That's that. I don't know what that is. That's that modern day stuff. Uh, no, but I'm so grateful to be here tonight. Uh, I'm so grateful to share. Uh, I hail from uh, the same city as my man Dwayne over here, Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, man, I'm, I'm just grateful for this conversation and, and to get it underway. And hopefully what we share tonight will, will touch somebody's heart. So uh, Dwayne, give us a, a little bit about, about your background professionally, what it is that you're doing. Um, I always, you know, tell us what high school you want to, you want to, you know, I always kind of throw that out there because, you know, there's only there's, there's only one, uh, the, the great high school in Baltimore City, um, you know, the, the great Paul Lawrence Dumbar Senior High School. But, you know, you know, no shade to nobody else. Uh, you know, y'all y'all can't be the best, so y'all can be the, the funny part is The funny part is they say Polly or Weston. I mean, they say Polly and City are the two. I didn't know Dunbar was included in that. I thought y'all was only included in the football round, but I get it. I get it. I mean, we when you look at the history, there were only two black schools that people went to. Mm. So for the foundation, it was either Dunbar or Douglas. I mean, you know, so I'm just saying, you know, why why go to the, the second best when you can go to the first? Right. Um, that The one that accepted us from the beginning, not the ones that kind of were, we were forced to be accepted. You know, that's just kind of my my two cents about it. But, you know, hey, I, you know, if they want to brag about the, the longest tradition and all that between the Poly City game, but, you know, it's it's all it's all fair game. It's all love. At the end of the day, we all got we all getting our education. We all kind of moving to higher learning that's and just kind of better ourselves indeed. and impacting our community. And I think that's, that's, that's that, at the end of the day, that's the biggest part. Um, and I know that's one of the things that you you do you do a lot. You know, in the community, uh, I know you do work with our young men. So can you tell tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So first I'll shout out. Uh, I went to a school called Northern High School that was uh, eventually turned into three schools, which I graduated from one, which was W.E.B. Du Bois and then went to Samuel Banks and uh, Reginald F. Lewis. So shout out to all of those schools, because although uh, those schools are, are, are technically not considered uh, top in Baltimore City, they produce some wonderful people, uh, i.e. myself. So I'm, I'm grateful for them. Uh, man, you know, Mentorship. Uh, first, l let me define mentorship. Uh, oftentimes, people think that uh, being a mentor is about having flunkies, right? 
Uh, and being a mentor and having mentees is not about being uh, a flunky or them being a flunky to you. It's really about you giving them something that is needed in their life to help them stay away from something, right? Oftentimes, uh, we said it all day long. Uh, we grew up in kind of both settings, like the church, you know, AKA the world. And in all of those settings, you find that there are people who can come and relay a message that your parents been telling you the entire time. Mm -hmm. But these people can come and relay a message difference. Why? Because it is something that is connective with uh, in that person in you that helps you to see who you are. And so for me, I got into it by just started reading the schools. It was like 20, uh, 2009, uh, 2009, 2010. I started going into schools and just reading. And from there, developing relationships with principals uh, and students where then principals would say, hey, can you come and talk to the boys? Or can you come and coach? Or can you come and do this? And can you come and do that? And from there, just expounding it grew. And uh, I'm grateful for being able to be a beacon of light in certain places. Uh, it doesn't mean that I didn't commit any crimes or it doesn't mean that I, I wasn't wrong or it doesn't mean I didn't mess up. What it meant was that I was just able to recognize it, acknowledge it, uh, i.e. repent for it or ask for forgiveness for it, whichever word you want to use, and then move on uh, from it. And so I got into it just by simply reading uh, and it just, you know, meticulated into something else. Awesome, awesome. So like when you look back and see how like that, like just reading kind of got you into the, into kind of mentoring and get, getting into pouring into our young people, like, but who are those people, who are those people or individuals like when you were growing up that was, that poured into you um, and to, poured in you so that you became the person that you are today? Yeah, you know, uh, my father passed away when I was 15. Uh, he was in the household up until I was 12. And so I had a couple of men, um, one uh, by the name of Anthony Pridgen, another one by the name of Charles McDuffie, who watched me kind of grow up in church, and they both showed me different things. Uh, uh, Charles showed me more of the working man. Uh, uh, Anthony showed me more of the hardworking man, like the changing of the tire, the cutting the grass, the moving company, the moving in Harlem. Uh, Charles showed me the nine to five uh, professional who, you know, who got up and went to work. And so I was grateful for them. And then along the years as I grew up and I was able to decipher who would be good for me uh, in my life as I got a little older, I added uh, another man who, you know, passed away in 2016 from cancer, but his name was uh, Derek Sorrell. He came in and, and showed me uh, another side of, of manhood. And you know, one thing I loved about all three of those men, quiet is kept, that I, I'm probably admitting to now because it's like jogging my memory is I would watch all of them have a prayer life before God too. Like I would watch them go down in their basements and their little you know, man cave and pray and talk to God uh, and then get up and try to come and implement it. So a part of me seeing their reflection was a help for me. I mean, and hear me, I've definitely made some mistakes along this life journey. I mean, some big, some medium, some small, but their reflection helped me to at least have a place of sanity where when I did make those mess ups or mistakes, I was able to acknowledge it and, and at least try my best uh, to correct it. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the, I, I would say that's the big thing for us as men 
to kind of have those people in place that can kind of hold us accountable, like mm-hmm. even when we mess up. Um, and mm-hmm. even when they tell us, you know, because most of the time they tell us what to do and we still go ahead and do <laughs> what we want to do. Um, but but we but but we can always come back to them. And I think that's that's the that's the pivotal part of what you talk about, the mentorship, the whole accountability piece and just kind of having somebody there just that's able to pour into you. And it's not, you know, that it's not anything bad, but it's like, all right, I'm here for you no matter what. It's that unconditional love that they want to support and just kind of be there for you. So that's, mm-hmm. that's definitely pivotal. Um, so those are some individuals in your life um, that's kind of helped shape who you are. Um, mm-hmm. Now, where where do you do, like, what are you doing like professionally now um, that continues to kind of push, pull out, um, pour out into others and pour out into the community? Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, man, um, people sometimes uh, before entrepreneurship really got so heavy in this 21st century, mm-hmm. people, you know, they would work their nine to five like it was their last. Now people are probably working their nine to five and their passion work on the same level. And so I've been blessed to be one of those people that my nine to five is on a day to day helping young adults between the age of 24, I mean, 18 to 24, uh, land and acquire careers and employment. But then outside of that, still uh, having uh, a a virtual male mentorship program, right, for young men, but not only addressing the young adults, also now stepping into the space of helping adults. And what I mean by that is creating masterclasses and uh, virtual seminars uh, to help grow people uh, in personal development, right? Uh, I think that one of the things that we uh, as believers, all right, only as believers do well is we do the church part well, but we miss the uh, personal development piece. Uh, I mean, after we finish running around, laying out, whatever we do in our different branches of Zion, I think we've got to get up now and practice uh, forgiveness, practice awareness of our triggers and what might bother us so we can always have uh, an exit plan for when that may come up so that we don't be a reflection of something negative. And so uh, I think it's, um, I think, you know, what I do now is I'm able to do passion work all the way around, even nine to five is passion work because young adults want a place to work, especially those young adults who say, look, I'm tired. I want to change my life. I get a chance to help facilitate that in their life. And so for me, uh, that's the best kind of place that you could be in where your nine to five, you know, at work is passion, but then your passion work nine to five after hours is, is passion. And so I just get a chance to help people uh, pretty much 24 hours a day besides the time that I'm sleeping. And that's, that's a, that's a wonderful place to be in. Absolutely. Um, it's all about uh, one of the things that I've, you know, as I've continued to grow and just kind of look more towards personal development and like personal leadership is, you know, the I did a lot of work. This pandemic, of course, forced a lot of us to, you know, a lot of time. We had a lot of time to sit with ourselves. Um, and one of the biggest things for me was kind of like that whole emotional intelligence piece, um, just kind of being emotionally aware, just kind of knowing how to express my, myself and learning how to get past the barrier of I don't have to do all this by myself um and that's one of the big that's one of the biggest things that um we struggle with as uh i would say african-american men understanding that we we don't have to bear the the brunt of everything even though we carry it we don't have to and just kind of learning how to share that weight 
and being comfortable enough to um, open up and share the experiences, the hardship. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, I'm still learning to do um, in the process. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's just very pivotal for us in this day and age to continue to, to have that emotional awareness of where we are and understand that our feelings are valid too. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I agree. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I kind of created the podcast, uh, you know, the locker room talk that I host on IG. Uh, we just came out of season two is because it is a podcast directly to hear from a male's voice about life, love, and legacy. And I love it because those men don't come on there to try to be perfect. We're in season, we, we just got out of season two, but season one and season two were brutally honest men, uh, brutally honest about some were married, some were not, uh, some have failed. They were brutally honest. And I loved it because oftentimes there's been the stigma of, Men must be, you know, shut up, be quiet, only speak at the point of contact when, um, when, uh, you know, when spoken to. But no, I believe that uh, if we're going to say that men are leaders, they, they got to lead with the voice as well. And yep. so uh, I, that's, that's why I created that space for them to talk. And so I think that this pandemic has exposed uh, for the better. And it's also exposed for the worse, but those that are even exposed for the worse, it also exposed for the better because it was something that they needed to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as we continue to grow, it's something that we got to continue to have that conversation. And I'm glad that you're doing that. Um, that's what, that was kind of one of the goals of this podcast, just so that we can hear the stories because oftentimes, you know, we see the success, we'll see the success stories. We'll see the people who get to a certain level and like, oh, well, how they get there? And they never share the trials, the tribulations, the failed attempts, everything that it takes to get there. We see the glitz and glamour, but we don't really see the process. And I think sometimes we need to hit a, I mean, I think most times we need to hit a process because that will help put things in perspective for us so that we can see that, all right, we might not be where they are, but we're in progress to get there. Um, and it's just about knowing that we're not in this, this boat alone. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what are some other things that you're doing? Um, as, as like, I know you say you're doing a podcast, um, you do the mentoring with the young adults. Are there any other um, avenues or things that you're branching off? I know you talk about the masterclass. Absolutely. So uh, one of my babies that I did not mention is the Pay Forward Movement. And that is a nonprofit that helps out underprivileged families as well as undervalued professionals. Uh, such as social workers, teachers, nurses, uh, you know, so forth and so forth, police officers, so forth and so forth. Uh, these people give their all to society, but sometimes their salary is not reflective of the all that they give. And so uh, we just want to be a place of a blessing uh, for both underprivileged families and undervalued professionals. And so I think we're doing a good job in that. I, we are coming up on the Christmas season. Uh, so I'm grateful. By the time most people watch this, probably Christmas will be over. Uh, but we're coming up on the Christmas season and we uh, just raised a good amount of money to bless uh, five families. But throughout the year, the entire year, we've been blessing different pockets of people uh, just because. And so that is one of my uh, uh, big babies. So you got uh, the the the. The teacher, speaker, preacher, Dwayne, you got the nonprofit, Dwayne, you got 
the personal development, Dwayne, you got the, uh, you know, give back Dwayne. And so, so many different facets to me that I'm, I'm grateful to give and then not be too much, but also have a team that helps kind of uh, push those visions forward. Absolutely. It's definitely, uh, I always say you don't go as far as your dream. You go as far as your team. Yeah. Uh, that's one, that's one of the things that, uh, um, that I've heard in, like, in the global coaching and the coaching group that I was, that I'm a part of. Um, I know you mentioned, you mentioned all the things that you're doing. So how do you balance that? You know, that's a good um, question. uh, you know, you, you have, you have so many different things, so many different ideas that you got going on at the same time. Like what's the balance and what does it look like for you? And, and how, and what's your self-care plan? Yeah. Um, in that process yeah. yeah man that's a great question I, somebody asked me this on their podcast i thought that was the best question because uh oftentimes we hear people say i'm tired i'm tired i'm tired and I'm, mm-hmm. i've been guilty of saying it too but now i'll tell you what this year when i said i was tired i wasn't saying that i was tired from doing passion work or doing what i love to do just tired maybe needing a mental break yeah. right and so one of the things that I've been very diligent in is uh, when I don't have something to do, like when I'm done with you tonight, the rest of my night is going to be dedicated to Dwayne, like not dedicated to a live a podcast. No, this Dwayne, I'm going to sit, lay on my bed, I'm going to eat, I'm going to read, I'm just scroll or I'm going to just do nothing and just let the TV watch me. And I think I'm intentional the moments that I don't have something to do, I do not go and create something else, right? When there's nothing on the schedule, like, you know, I got a, a day, uh, a day, I think this week or next week, where there is nothing on the schedule for me to do besides my nine to five, right? That's all I'm going to do. And I'm going to come home and rest just chill out. If I fall asleep, I fall asleep. If I don't, I don't. And so I think people have to be intentional not to create more, right? And here's the other part. Most people see people like us and be like, man, they extroverts. And, and I am, I don't deny it. But there are moments when I want to be introverted. And so I'm diligent about taking those introverted moments and just being with me, thinking it out and, and moving forward. And I think that's that's a good plan to have. I know that's one of the things that I continue to work on myself. Um, like I have a, I have a plan, but sometimes, like you said, you'll have downtime and, and I'll just start creating new stuff. Like, I'll no. have. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, I, but, but I did that. I did that too at one point. Like I did uh-huh. that too. But when, but when you really start moving and you're intentional about your success mm-hmm. or you're intentional about life or you're intentional about family, you can't create new stuff because right. you need a place to, and now when we say can't create new stuff for those who are watching, we're not saying you can't create a new idea. We want you to create a new idea. We saying that don't go and start the new idea in a moment when you can be resting. Strategize when you want to start it. See, let me get this good nugget. Although I have a lot going on, it's not all at one time sometimes. And I make sure, watch this Pete, I make sure that it fits in a schedule where it's not over exhausting me. Right. And then not only that, I run it for a period of time, meaning like the virtual male mentorship program. It's a 12 to 15 week course. So I know for the next 15 weeks on a Saturday where I'm dedicated to after those 15 weeks is up, it'll be a break. I'll have my Saturdays to get my mental back and then I'll come back in a month or two 
and, and, and get it going again. You know what I mean? You gotta be intentional that when you got two months off from doing one of your projects to not create a new project in those two months to start doing because you don't give yourself time to recalibrate and refool and then come back out strong. Yeah, then oftentimes you'll you'll create too many projects and then you'll lose your focus. Yes. Um, and that's one of the things that like in my, my recent readings is just kind of like be intentional and be laser focused. Um, like if whatever you whatever you're doing in this season, focus on that. And then when it's time for something else, it'll happen. But right now, focus on what you what you're supposed to focus on, get it done and make it happen. Um, so, you know, that's one of that's one of the key lessons that I'm learning um, in this season, because uh, I, I did. I'm doing a lot of personal invest. I call this a year that I'm investing in myself uh, more than I invest in others, um, because for so long I will pour out to other people and I'll be so empty that. Like, I was like, who is investing me? And I have to first start myself. And I think that's a big part. Uh, we got to start investing in ourselves and making sure, you know, when we do it, that it's meaningful and it's pushing us towards our goals and our, our dreams and our aspirations. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So what, what, when it comes to, uh, I know you talked about personal development, and I think you mentioned something, uh, I, and I want to come back to this statement. You mentioned something about the, the, the church and how we are good at um i forgot what you said it's like we're good at getting people in but not almost not like not developing them mm-hmm. um I, and i want and i want to touch that because um i I've, I've noticed that in church that we are we are great at programs we're great at getting people in the door but sometimes we might not be the greatest at creating the, the strat the programming to keep them there and i always look to the our muslim brothers um, who I feel like do, do great with us as African-American men, where they really kind of go out and recruit um, and, you know, really pour into them um, and, and really hold on to them until, like, they get to where they need to be. Um, and I just, you know, and little things like that is I feel like we can utilize in the Christian faith um, to kind of help us um, reach a, a demographic that we don't normally reach. Yeah, you know, I would, I would agree with you, man. I think... Uh... Well, yeah, I'm a, a strong Christian for sure all day long. I think that our Muslim brothers do a great job at um, uh, galvanizing men. Uh, I think I think part of our problem is what you just said. Um, we don't we don't balance well. Now, I will tell you this: uh, my current church that I attend has a, I mean, an enormous amount of active men. Not like they just come in. And that is a, uh, a humongous uh, accreditation to the pastor of the church because he is, who is my mentor, uh, because he is, he, he specializes in making sure that men have a space. Not disregarding the women, but I think some of our problem is we can't specialize in men having a space because we want them to worship us. Let me say that again. We can't specialize in going after men because we want them to worship us. We've got to specialize in men because we want them to be better. We want to develop them and not- We want to develop develop them and not just develop them for the sake of saying, I got an army behind me. Right. And I think that's kind of where the struggle comes in. And sometimes we want to develop people because we want sons, AKA, right? We, instead of always looking at everybody as a son or who you can cultivate to be a son, look at people that you might be able to cultivate, but they'll be a brother. <laughs> you know, they'll be, 
there'll be, you know, a mentee. And I think we've just got to change the language on how we approach stuff. And when we do that, we'll be able to uh, do better. Absolutely. I, I agree. Um, definitely a change. Definitely with the change in the language piece. Um, and, and, and look and look more towards developing people to to operate in their purpose and their calling, not what we feel like they should do um, or we feel like they you know can do. Um, sometimes we can kind of push people where we want them to be. Um, I think we, we got to be careful of doing that um, in any in any arena um, because you can put somebody in the wrong position and it can ultimately hinder you in the long run. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. So, well, I, I, what are some what are some tips that you would give um, to you know a brother who might be listening to this, uh, who might be uh, you know kind of in the middle of the struggle of trying to figure out his his role, his place in this world. Um, he's trying to overcome you know whatever stigmas that's been placed on him from birth. You know, what, how would you encourage you know those individuals who who may be you know, struggling with that and just kind of listening to this podcast and trying to find a little glimpse of hope um, to help them keep moving forward. Yeah, well, the first thing I would tell them is like, man, um, who you are is already there, mm -hmm. right? Who who you are, the gift that you are, the talent that you are uh, is already there. Uh, the question will become how much are you willing to work to really develop it? And one of the first things that I would ask of them to do is just to first acknowledge who you are. Like, I don't care what people said about you. It might be true, it might be false, but just acknowledge who you are first. Because then if you can acknowledge who you are, it'll be a trigger effect to everything else. Like I had to realize that, hey, I'm a transparent person. So in being transparent, that also means that I'm vulnerable, which means that I have the ability to have a heart or to have love beyond myself. But in that, that same heart and love that I have, if someone mismanages it wrong, then I go off like a red flag. So I've had to learn to acknowledge who I am for a reason. So that way, if somebody comes to mismanage it, that I won't go to 200. I'll stay at 50 because I'll understand they just don't know who I am. And so their actions don't dictate, you know, my response. So I would first say, acknowledge who you are, uh, acknowledge who you are. Number two, I would also say, um, unpack the roots, whether that be that you can do it yourself. Maybe, I don't know. I give you some credit or with the therapist, unpack the roots, unpack the root for why you feel the way you feel, why you think the way that you think, right? Number three, I would say, forgive yourself. I know you made some mistakes that you aren't proud of, whether it be financial, romantic, or anything like that. I know, I know it. I, I have, right? But forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Okay. Please forgive yourself. That's the only way you're going to be able to get up and give who you are. Gotta forgive yourself. Uh, number four, I would say always declare to yourself what you were created to do. Right. Once you find that out, declare to yourself. Well, I, I, I declare every day I'm created to help people. So that way I never forget that I'm not here for likes or uh, clicks and I'm here to help. Now, in the process, you helping people acknowledge it. We thank you for the applause. Thank you. But I'm always going to remember what I was created for. And then the last one I would probably give them is go to work. 
I'm not talking about nine to five. I'm talking about get up and get to the plan, get to the vision that you see yourself in, that you strategizing yourself in. You're like, oh my God, I see myself being, get up and get to work. Find out what it is you need to do, what classes you need to take, or what resources you may need, and then get to work. Absolutely, man. I, I, I definitely appreciate that. I, you know, the one that stick out to me, um, just me personally, is I get when you say get to the root. Yeah. Um, that that's that's heavy. Um yeah. because that's that that's where most of the work's gonna come from. And you Absolutely. find that who and when you find that who you are and who you are meant to be. Um, so I definitely appreciate that, man. Uh, I want to just say thank you again um, yeah, for, com you, for coming on uh, Unapologetic Black Male and just kind of sharing a little bit about yourself, um, sharing, you know, the, your experiences, what are you doing, what you're doing right now, and just uh, understanding like the importance that you have as an African-American man and the impact that you have and the influence. So once again, I want to thank you. Um, how can people kind of keep in contact with you? Um, you know, if they want to kind of get you to come speak to their youth or come speak to a young adult or just like connect with you, um, yeah, how, how no. can they reach out? How can they reach out to you? Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, first of all, you can go uh, to the website. That's dwjenterprises.com. Uh, you can go to you can reach out on Facebook. I don't have any more room unless I create a like page uh, or you can go to IG where uh, a lot of people reach out on IG at uh, D Williams underscore jr that's the letter d williams with an s all one word underscore uh jr and uh, that's the ways you can connect and communicate and uh, i'll be here man thank you though uh, for having me i really appreciate it Dwayne. man this was a great conversation absolutely absolutely once again i want to thank you all for joining us for unapologetically black male where we talk about surviving the stigma standards and system make sure you stay um you know like us subscribe comment all that good stuff follow us on social media uh, we appreciate all the interactions all the information that we're getting back from from everyone about the podcast about the show so make sure you continue to share this message um, and stay tuned for next week's episode look forward to seeing you then have a great day.